P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. I am so pumped to talk about The Hunger Games. Are you now? I didn't think I'd be into this. I really didn't. Oh, you're into it? I am into The Hunger Games. Like, I, I can't wait to see who wins future Hunger Games. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It's just like stayed away from this movie for years or all these movies well it came out in awkward like a post like we're not it came out when we were no longer like the target audience per per se fair but I I just like the world that they've built and just like the fighting and the characters and the 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 costumes the Roman names the Roman names and Lenny Kravitz oh oh Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I love some. The only, the only other. What, what other? Two episodes in a row where you do uh, a Jewish voice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite moments of last week. If, if you guys haven't seen last week's episode, definitely check it out. It's on Facebook Live. Yeah, you can watch that or listen to it. Obviously, watch or as listen. You're, as and, you're listening to this, yeah. and thank you for listening to this one. I, again, I cannot say this enough. Can't wait to talk about the Hunger Games. I'm hungry. Do they say what? Do they say let the games begin or something like? Yeah. Now they the just kind of like, may the odds forever be in your favor. Yeah, that's what Effie says. Yeah. But it's like I can think they just like put you there and they say go or something. It's like bam, 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 go kill one another. <laughs> uh, I can't hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's good. Iggy Pop, amen. Let it ride. I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat. We crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cooey. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a cave thing. Wherever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehypnotization. Shut, 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 shut up! Good evening, Hoff fans. Welcome to this week's edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. <laughs> and I'm Kyle Reinfried. <laughs> we're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to watch great movies. Did you like my Effie, Kyle? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, I, I'm... I was very. It caught me very off guard. Uh, y- y- that was that was you. You hammed it up. You. Were, I think you've already out hammed me for the episode. I wasn't planning that. I just like it. It came out. Just, <laughs> it came I, to I, you. I live for Effie in this series. Like this is like oh, my wow. girl right here. I'm like I mean, really this, into her. I I didn't think I would be. I didn't think I would be. Yeah. Well. I'm, then you're new to this series, so I mean, not that I'm yes, not. I'm, am. Not a, I am new. I'm not. A, I'm not a hunger game. This is not. I'm not going to claim that um, this is a series for me. But I have had at least. I've seen the first one and parts of the part two. But we're talking Catching Fire, right? Hunger Games, the second in the series. Yes, that is what we're talking about today. And luckily, we're joined by a guest who apparently has more knowledge of the Hunger Game verse than we do. Kara. How's it going? Hi. <laughs> it's going well. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for coming back. We last had you on uh, quite some time ago for, uh, oh boy, Patch Adams. So this is, you know, mm-hmm. same kind yes. of movie, right? Medically. Yeah, same yeah, kind of another, movie. Yeah, another film featuring rural poverty. So that's... Oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. There is a hey, connection. You found a connection. <laughs> yeah. Well, job well done. 
Thank you. <laughs> yes, and that is the voice of Kara Gail O'Regan. The hello, the half, I guess, of Wistful Thinking on the Cage Club Network, and one of our uh, one of our good, good, good podcast buddies here. So thank you for coming on board. We definitely appreciate appreciate your presence. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. And may the odds ever forever be in your favor. There you go. <laughs> I don't you. know. <laughs> is that is. I, I always forget what this is. Okay, so we're, like you mentioned, Kyle, we're jumping in on this franchise. This is like a first for us, because I don't think... I mean, yes, Mission Impossible 3 is a franchise that Philip Seymour Hoffman's in, but it's Sure, not but that just feels like, like, like such a standalone movie, we, and we talked about it on that episode. Like, you could just you could just watch that one, and you do not need to know a thing about that universe. Yeah, no, this is this is... A very, very, very different film than what we're used to talking about or covering. And I gotta be honest with you, it was a breath of fresh air. We've been getting a lot of like uh slow, drony character pieces from Philip Seymour Hoffman's late career. You know what I'm saying? So this was something that it was nice to watch because it's something different, if that makes sense. Sure, but unfortunately it's not necessarily due to him. Yeah, you know, it's he's just great in this, though. He is great in it, but I mean, it's not a movie that you watch because of him. You yeah, know, even these other these. I watched it mo- because of him. Well, okay, we watch. <laughs> yes, we watched it because of him. I would not have watched Catching. I mean, I probably would would have eventually in my life watched Catching Fire, but I specifically watched it for the first time because Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this, and we have a Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast. But, uh, but it's yeah, he's not. You know. I mean, he's not the main man, but it—it still—it was a very fun. It was a fun. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was going to. Mm, me too. Me too. So, um, Kara, you've seen these films or something? I have. Yes. What is your experience, I guess, with the Hunger Games universe? Well, I have not read the books because I'm not a big fiction reader, but I did. I have seen all the movies, although I did watch them, I think, out of order. I started the first time I saw this movie first, I think, and had no oh, wow. idea what was going on. Uh, it's yeah. Not a, it's not a standalone by any means. No. Um, so I watched this one and then the next two, and then I went back and watched the first one. And then... Uh, for this podcast, I accidentally watched the first one again because I didn't realize that Philip Seymour Hoffman wasn't in it until about 10 minutes before the end. So um, I am glad that I did, though, because I, I had a much better context for seeing this movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I, I watched. So like I mentioned, I had never seen any of these films. Um, obviously, I had heard about them. I don't know. They came out at a weird time, at least for me. That I wasn't like so much into these kind of films anymore, or at least I thought so. Like, um, but I don't know. I, I got into it. I did enjoy the first one. I was excited to see this one, and um, I liked it. And I can't wait to watch the next two. Yeah, there's two. Um, despite Philip Seymour Hoffman, those being his last film, so they're going to be very sad. But still, yeah. Um, and- Kyle, you mentioned you'd seen them before. I had seen the I've seen the first one, like prior to watching this for the podcast. I had seen the first one, and I had caught parts of part two, maybe part one, because I don't. But I'm definitely like I know how the movie, I know how the series ends. Like I've done, I just caught it by like 
I think from like the last like action set, like probably the last, I don't know, 40 minutes maybe and watched it to the end and then maybe like little parts here and there in, in part one and beginning of part two. But definitely like one time I just turned on the TV and it was during an action thing. So I was like, oh, this looks, you know, like some cool, like weird creatures and like military thing happening. So I just caught it from there and ruined the ending of the series for myself, I guess. But I, I remember going into Don't ruin this it for thing. me. Don't ruin it for me. No, no, no. I, no, no, no I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to say that I'm going into this. I said to you, like, you know, you're like, oh, like, you know, I'm probably going to watch you know, the first Hunger Games, I'm like, eh, you know, like, you don't necessarily have to, I'm like, you could read, like, the Wikipedia page, or I even said, like, you just have to know, and I stated X amount of facts, and then wa- when watching this, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy, Brian, <laughs> that was horrible advice I just gave him, like, he, he like, just the fact of, like, uh, and since I haven't seen part one of Mocking Jay, I don't know, um, if his character survived, but for instance, like the Lenny Kravitz in this movie, thank freaking Lenny freaking Kravitz, uh, <laughs> is in this series, and that would have meant absolutely nothing if, like, you just read the. Oh yeah, no, I know. You know, no, it wouldn't have meant nothing. They still like beat a guy up who seemed like he was a really good fashion designer and a nice guy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely means more. Yeah, but, um, yes, that's what I'm. I'm sorry. I mean, it means nothing. I'm not trying to say beating of like a, of Lenny, Kravitz, a black futuristic fashion designer, uh, means nothing. But I'm just saying it just emotionally it, it, it's more means personal. much more. Yes, it means yeah, it's exactly. more personal. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess to bring our Hoff fans here, it's kind of hard to to recap the first one, but. I don't know. This is like a post-apocalyptic world. I, I mean, yeah, do either of you? F- yeah, do either of you feel? Co- I I have a synopsis for this movie. I I wasn't thinking of uh, reading or do, doing a synopsis. I guess I should have maybe written one or had something prepared. Do either of you feel comfortable? Oh, come on, Kyle. I I thought you were such an expert on the first one that we didn't even need to watch it. Well, I can tell you like the bare bu- like the like the skeleton of it, the basic catching premise. up to catching fire with Kyle Reinfried. Go. Well, the whole thing with the Hunger Games universe. Uh no. Um <laughs> I mean, so it this is this is Earth. Do they ever say Earth, right? I'm assuming it's Yeah, Earth. it's Earth. It's, it's North America. It, it's like a future North America. Of like a way in the future. and so at one point there was a really big. I mean, we never learned what happened to the rest of the world, but at least I guess in the United States, or you know, there's a big, you know, just like war between the people and the government, and then finally, you know, it's like the government wins, and it just becomes a very, to you know, like I don't know, crazy, uh, dystopian, what, dystopian, dystopian, yeah, yes. totalitarian kind of world where there's uh 12 districts or there, mostly, what, there was there's 13 actually originally. there's 13 and it's but modeled on ancient rome with the capital oh. being rome um in this ah. case the capital and then ah. these like outer uh kind of colonies where they get different um agricultural stuff and industrial stuff and that sort of thing i see but that all of sense. the wealth is centralized to the capital Brian, that makes sense because history, like they ha- did you pick up on that? Well, I was wondering why a lot of the capital characters have Roman names, mm-hmm. including Plutarch, ah. our, our our guy right. Philip Seymour Hoffman. So that makes sense. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
it, it, like I read somewhere that like this is like after part of the world flooded, perhaps due to, due to global warming. I'm not sure, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so like the land mass of North America has been reduced by rising sea levels and other like uh, environmental catastrophes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that things would make sense we, with like shortage of goods. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, I don't know. First Hunger Games, um, obviously this is based on a book. I mean, that's silly, if anyone. Suzanne Collins' um, epic series that a lot of people read. None of us here, of course, but but some, <laughs> some people did read them, I'm, I'm told. Um, but let's see if I can sum up the first Hunger Games in my own way. Katniss, who's like Jennifer Lawrence, she's all... I don't know. What district does she live in again? Wow, I'm so bad. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve, yes. District 12. She lives in District 12, and her sister gets picked to, to do the Hunger Games, and she volunteers. And the Hunger Games is? A, what? I mean, what is the Hunger Games, really? Just like a survival? So, it's pretty like, much to remember that the government's in charge, so every year there's these games, the Hunger Games, that two, a girl and a boy gets, are chosen, and they have to fight... Like so, there's from tw- each 20, district. Twenty, and at that point, there. I mean, I know there's thirteen, but there's twelve at that point, right? Mm-hmm. They're the so there's twenty four young people fighting to the death, and even like it's not like yeah. two. It's not like each person. Like even it could come down to the two people from the same district fighting if that you know if that came to it. But then there's allegiances and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, normally it, it's like most dangerous game against everybody. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Or even if you've ever read or seen Battle Royale, which is a Battle Royale thing. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow, there's a lot of similarities. And I also, I guess, why am I, to- why am I forgetting the? It's like, I mean, it's a classic book. It's about the kids that get deserted on the island. Help me out. Oh yeah, Lord of the Flies. Um, Thank you. It's got a Lord of the Flies yeah. element to it, but obviously that wasn't by choice. They just crash land, and that's just about like. You know, popularity and all that kind of stuff, but it, you know, just kids, kids fighting, you know, and dying. That's in that realm, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I think in like the second movie, you don't get a sense that they're children because it's mostly adults. Yeah, it's basically like a PTSD All Stars game in the second movie. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> In the first movie, it's like really striking because I was just like, "Oh my god, these are like these are children that yeah. they're having fight each other to the death," and it was just like really kind of upsetting. <laughs> the first movie's Hunger Game itself was more like intense to me because one, I did not know anything that was going to happen. Two, there was all these kids, especially I forgot her name, that Rue, the girl she befriends. Yeah, yeah, yeah like very like, little girl. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, like, like that was, you know, that was a more intense theoretical theoretical Hunger Game, but... And like also, the, f- the first movie is, like, almost entirely shot, and, uh, like, with a handheld camera, so you just get this, like, bouncy, kind of disoriented feeling through the whole thing. People didn't like that, apparently, about the first one. I like, didn't like it. It made me nauseous. <laughs> well, that's why they brought in director Francis Lawrence, who uh, made such classics as 
Constantine and I Am Legend and now the newly released with <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence Red Sparrow. But let me just uh, tell you, he brought some professionalism to it because this is the guy that brought us I Don't Want to Miss a Thing Aerosmith music video, people. <laughs> oh, That's wow. what he did. That's why he, Brian. You should like what if you didn't if if you didn't see, you would you would love the amount he has Backstreet Boy music like his music video credits are insane. I think that's all he did before Constantine, which came out and I believe two thousand four two thousand five with oh wow. Keanu Club. There we go, Keanu Club uh, Cage Club tie-in. So yes, cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I did not realize that this guy was like a hardcore music video director. He definitely Intense. brought um definitely brought a larger perspective to the series. Just want to end uh the first one though, Hunger Games, Jennifer Lawrence's character, Katniss, and what's the dude's name? Peter Bread. <laughs> Peter. Yeah, Peter. I always want to say Peter, but it's Peter. Yeah, it's the stu- I, some of the names in this are like really stupid. The Roman thing makes more adds a little bit more, but just like just like even just Woody Harrelson is like, hey Mitch, like he's just it's Woody Harrelson. You think of him as like a I just want to be you just want to be like, of, like I never thought of him as hey Mitch though, but that's cool. but that's just like every once in a while in like a nice like light you know it's just like oh hey Mitch like you know. <laughs> oh, no, but uh, yeah, Pita and uh, Katniss win the Hunger Games, and they basically they're both they they're supposed to fight to the death to the end, but instead they like are going to just kill themselves by eating these berries, and they declare like two winners that year, and they also have this fake love thing that so they can get sponsors and stuff that kind of yeah. is like a weird tension that we'll talk about i guess in this film catching fire i think well something that like they remind you of repeatedly in the first movie and i don't think they do it as much in the second one is that this is a tv show like these children are fighting each other to the death as a tv show yeah you know and so there's and people can help out too like they can right yeah and it's it's just really interesting to me i think the whole series arc of this like from a perspective of like media manipulation and propaganda and stuff and i'm probably getting like way too far ahead of myself but um the kind of fake love story like the narrative of their love story they have to oh, yeah. play up to so that they can survive basically well, it's, yeah it's it's gruesome jersey shore like you know <laughs> uh, it's it's i mean this one uh, the, so i'm i'm sorry what was the author's name uh Suzanne Collins. Suzanne Collins. Yeah, she. She. I mean, she's definitely like making. I mean, a statement on just like. I. I. I it's like news meets reality TV. You know, it's like the E Network, and then it's like you know. I mean, it has that reality. It has like the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Lifeline, <laughs> like people sending in little <laughs> yeah. parachutes yeah. and goodies to help you out. I think another thing the author's definitely doing here is just commenting on like the desensitization of yes. society and culture. I mean, because it's not, I mean, okay, yes, this is very far off. I don't think we'd be cool with this on TV, but it's not as far off as it should be. Like, um, right. <laughs> you know, like I feel like yeah. 75 years of it, the people would be behaving just like this, if not worse. I think it's kind of tame for 75 years of it. Like it, we're like the ante kept having to be up. Like this is, I mean, this is, I mean, I don't want to bring up too many current events, but this is like these school shootings. They happen all the time now that yeah. it, 
it's like, oh, okay. And not like, not all of them are like, oh, okay. Thankfully, this last one in Florida seems to have woken people up. But again, they happen all the time. And, and it, it's like, I, I did enjoy that commentary because it is, a, I feel like it's very true. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's actually more striking now than it was the first time that I watched it, like, a couple years ago. Um, but the, the whole point of the Hunger Games is, like, to remind people of, like, the sacrifices that they have to make to live in this so-called civilized society. And I was thinking about that in, in that same context that you were just talking about, that, like, are these school shootings the price that we pay, you know, for what fill in the blank you know yeah uh, so it's yeah, really yeah. interesting to watch this time around no it's i mean it's just it's a weird obviously world that they live in that it's not just like they're making these t- sacrifices but it's a televised you know event and on top of that but then each district like you said like they all have like you know uh, so what is District 12? It's like mining, kind of? like that's District the... 12, yeah, mining. Um, and it's probably like Appalachia, so like in West Virginia. Yeah, the coal miner's daughter meets the... Wait, wait, yeah, exactly. I thought it was weird, Kyle, because you, have you seen that film, Winter's Bone? With oh, Lawrence? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was like her first one. She was like, <laughs> yeah, like that was like her yeah. breakout role, and I think it takes place like in the... Obviously in a different timeline. Also, yeah different universe but also in Appalachia <laughs> yeah um, and Winter's Bone and the first Hunger Games second movie in two years where Jennifer Lawrence played a character who feeds her destitute family and herself but partly by catching and killing squirrels Ooh. oh yeah no no there was a lot of those similarities which I thought was again yeah. such different films but <laughs> but interesting no she's I being mean, typecasted 100% as a squirrel hunter <laughs> And uh, <laughs> she has all fair. the squirrel hunting roles. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and now Red Sparrow, this is mocking Jay. Now she's onto birds. There's a whole, it's mm-hmm. an epidemic. She also know. plays the bird roles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how the, uh, just the long and short of it, kind of the feel of the Hunger Game universe. That's how the, uh, the the first one kind of ends and basically the prize of winning the Hunger Games is like a couple things but the biggest prize is that you survive supposedly right. and, and then, that like you and your family kind of get to of, yeah. move on up to the east side yeah <laughs> but still in your district though right, right. And that's the whole thing like this world it's not like so district one is the main like hub like right is that well the capital is but is the dist- capital district is one capital, is not district the one? capital yeah, it's like uh, Washington D.C. that isn't technically a state. You know? Yeah, the capital is, is one thing, and then District One is a separate. Oh, okay. Entity. Okay. Yeah, District. But, but there's like, still District the One's still like the shit, right? District One, there's still like yeah. don't they have like professional fighters or something like that. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, like yeah, kids if, that grow up training for this sort of thing, and yeah, and yeah, and because like the they Spartans. volunteer, right? And because they volunteer or whatever, their families are. Um, very well rewarded with you know food and all sorts of other luxuries and this all stems from so this it's the first one is the 74 i don't know if they ever they must say it i don't recall since i didn't watch it right before yeah they did but they make a big point of obviously that in the catching fires the 75th but so obviously there hasn't president snow hasn't been the president this whole time but that's you know he's the big bad so it's just something i guess a tradition he's carrying on but he seems to be 
extra, at least, I mean, we, we, we don't know past presidents, but he seems to be extra evil and dickish, if I might say. Yeah, well, <laughs> and like Roman emperors, you know, there is like a whole string of them on like varying spectrums of evil and mm-hmm. opulence, um, you know, so I think he's one of the the worst guys. I was actually reading up on some of the symbolism in these movies and President Snow um, has white roses a lot that he gives to people or that he's wearing. And apparently in the books they say that the white rose has like this really overpowering scent to it that has been genetically engineered to have this really overpowering scent because he he gets these like crazy mouth sores that are really stinky and disgusting um, that had something to do with like poisoning his enemies, and I don't know. It was complicated. That's, yeah, but <laughs> it added an interesting piece of information that I didn't have uh, prior to watching the movie. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that like, is interesting. That's, that's book complicated. You don't like get right. like nuance <laughs> like that in films. I think a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's great. Yeah, he's definitely like you know he, he's he's a tyrant, but it's. Oh, well, actually, why don't we why don't we go through this cast of characters? It is a pretty cool cast, and we can just go along and talk about them. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, we mentioned, is Katniss, our our, our hero of the story, and, heroine. I mean, it's whatever. Josh <laughs> Josh Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson is the guy who plays Pita. Is he from anything else? He um, well, yeah. What's his? So. He was a he was a child actor. He was in like things even from uh, the Will Ferrell kicking and screaming but he was in I feel like he was in a uh, let me I can I can quick look up but he's I mean he was just in some movies as a kid like a you teen know. heartthrob kind of oh yeah. okay I don't know I wasn't a big fan of him I mean I, no maybe I, it's, he's he, great he's my <laughs> least favorite thing about the series like I mean, you're going to choose a Hutcherson over a Hemsworth? Come on who are we kidding <laughs> yeah, well thanks for the spoiler there but I don't like understand. Um, well, I can like, spoil it more for you, Brian. I won't though. Yeah, well, you could always spoil things more. But thank you. Jeez, I didn't know she chose him. He could be dead. I haven't seen the third one. That's where we leave off. So shh. No, I'm saying. In, I was saying in this movie. It doesn't really shoot because, like, I feel like they got a good vibe last time um, in the first Hunger Games. And then, like, she goes back, and it's just, like, back to normal. Who knows what Katniss wants? But that's, like, the least interesting thing about this film. Like, that little... To me. Like, their little kind of romance. Like, I'm more about, yeah, like, the, agree. the world and, like, these battles than, like, whatever the hell they're trying to do with that. But whatever. Um, he's in, Z- in Zathura. Okay. <laughs> Liam Hemsworth, as you mentioned, Kyle, of the, Hel- the Hemsworth dynasty. Um... <laughs> He plays Gail, like her at-home friend. Uh, you yes. mentioned Woody Harrelson, who's Hey Mitch. Hey Mitch. Um, and he is so good in these movies. Amazing. Yeah. And he looks Amazing. good with hair. So great. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what the book character was supposed to be like, but I, I... Like, I can't... This is the problem when you watch the movie before the book. Like, if I were to read the book now, I couldn't not see Woody Harrelson. Yeah. In that role, and yeah, he's great, and he he won a previous Hunger Games, right? Yeah, 
And He's one of the mentors. So uh, people who have won previous Hunger Games, not only are they, you know, get to live in these well-appointed homes with food and whatever, they also then serve as mentors to future tributes. And in their district. Give them advice, right, in their district, give them advice, give them guidance, um, sometimes um, send things to them in the game. So, yeah. Cool, yeah, and he does an awesome job. Uh, we mentioned President Snow, the legendary Donald Sutherland. It was um, so weird. Let me tell. Let me tell you. So, like, since we watched it, and then the other, like, the other night, like, then, uh, you know, we were going to record, but then I watched another movie, and that movie I, I chose was Animal House, which Donald Sutherland is in, <laughs> and they like get he gets high, and he like even like he's I don't know he has like sex with what's her name from the first Indiana Jones in that movie, and like you see it, it was just such a weird different role to watching the Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Many years yeah. apart, yeah. yeah. Yes. And what did you, what did you, didn't you, like, write something on Facebook about, like, him being like, oh. evil Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, he is, like, evil Santa, you know? <laughs> this is this is if Santa got too much power. That's how oh. I see him. Okay. It's, but, uh, okay, let's see. Oh, Elizabeth, like I mentioned, I like Effie, Elizabeth Banks. Um, she is, I guess she's not really a mentor, but she's, like, someone from the Capitol who... Well, it, what, I don't know what her official role is, but she kind of is like an escort, right? Like, she's just like... Yeah, or like a manager. She's like yeah. managing the situation with and is it tributes. And, and is it for... Is she just for District... Like, for the people for, from District 12? Because this movie... It, it just, seems that way. Yeah, because this movie especially, they make it that much more emotional, like, before they have to, you know... Yeah, I actually read... I actually read something quick that she, in the book, like... I mean, everyone wants these positions, but you kind of have to pay your dues. And some of the younger, whatever she is, like uh, managers, will take on the crappier districts and hope, hoping that like later they'll get promoted to like District One or District Two. Ah, so, okay. It's like it's like in, it's like sports, you know. She's like a coach, yeah. and you know she, her her first job might not be with the best team, but maybe she'll be with like in her mind, you know. Um, yeah, she's next, almost like PR. Yeah. And she's she's in these like fancy outfits, and it's like uh, obviously like the Capitol's look is very like over the top. Um, and I gotta say, between the first movie and the second movie, there is a huge difference in the budget. And I would love to see like the breakdown of the budget for the second movie because the just for the eyelashes alone in the second <laughs> movie. I can only imagine what that budget must have been. Oh my god! Because everyone's yeah. got like really intense eyelashes, including you get, Effie. You get more. You see more of like the capital people in the second, like like close ups of them, and they're just. Ugh. See, in and the first that's movie, where... sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say in the first movie, her outfits are like interesting and bizarre, but like her makeup's so white, and it kind of looks not not cheap, but like kind of you know the second yeah. one is just like like you said to another level of costume design and, and yeah you know. and her costumes in particular actually were um part of alexander mcqueen mcqueen's collection that were um lent to the costume designers. oh really so, so these are like are... real stuff wow yeah <laughs> So yeah. The, the budget difference between the two movies was the first one was seventy eight million. This one was one hundred thirty thousand. Yeah. What? I'm sorry. One hundred thirty. <laughs> one hundred thirty million. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and you no. Know, and actually, now, like, just you saying, like, the Rome, and then obviously the names. This one 
because I wrote it down, like when they're at that party in the capital, it has that Rome feel because they then they have the drink that then lets you, I guess, throw up the food, right? It doesn't. I don't think it just helps you digest. It. I think it insinuated that you throw yeah. it, and you get to eat more, um, which is so. I remember learning about like the Roman Empire, and I was always fascinated by like I think it's called the vomitorium, where people mm-hmm. would just go and instead of being a fountain, they would just like puke into an area, and then they would be able to continue partying on. Mm. So. Tech, theoretically, yes. We don't have to get into this now, but I have a lot of facts about that. Ooh, <laughs> I did some okay. deep research into the vomitorium. Yes. But anyway, continue. Wow. Let's, yeah, let's oh. continue with the cast, I Deep guess. dive. Okay. Well, this guy, you know, I love talking about. Oh, by the way, by the way, Donald Sutherland has been in films at Phil Hoffman as they didn't share screen time, but they were in Cold Mountain together. Just to... Oh, yeah. Yes. Wrap up, yes. This guy was also in a film with Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know he's one of my favorite. He's on my short list to ever do a podcast about. And that's Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah. Stanley Tucci. I love him. I love him so much. He's so Didn't good. love him in this series, like, not in the way that I usually love him in other movies. I enjoyed um, him more in the first one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, the, what is his name? Caesar? Like, he yeah. is that. You know, he's the host of, not the, right, like the host of the Hunger he's Games. He's the host of the Hunger Games, yeah. TV show, though. Right. Yeah. He's the, the Ryan Seacrest. The commentator. He's the Johnny Weir, if I may. <laughs> Ooh, and the Tara Lipinski to his Johnny Weir is actually Toby Jones, who played um, Capote, Capote in yes. the other Capote movie that yeah. came out at the same time as Philip Seymour Hoffman. We get our, finally our two, I mean, uh, finally officially our two Capotes together. Apparently, apparently, Kyle, there was a cameo by to- Toby Jones that was uncredited in what movie? In uh, Synecdoche, Synecti- oh God, I can never freaking say the name of the movie, <laughs> Synecdoche, New York. I knew the movie, I just wanted you to say it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, so so it was good. I mean, and it's funny. It's like that classic uh, trope where like the one guy talks, the one commentator talks so much, and the other guy hardly speaks. Um, which is weird that they used like a guy of Toby Jones stature to hardly speak. But <laughs> happy to see both Capotes in this film. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's uh, Jenna Malone who plays Joanna Mason, a very popular character. This is a character that I read that a lot of people wanted to play. A lot of people, a lot of young actresses, like, you know, called out to possibly get the role. I guess she was very popular in the book. That's my only guess. Um, she's she's cool. got a cool axe. <laughs> um, and Jenna Malone's been in Cold Mountain as well with Philip Morhoffen, and they did actually share a scene. They shared a scene in that rowboat, yep. Yep, they were on the boat together. Um, Jeffrey Wright, another Hoffman collaborator. They did Ides of March together. And he yeah. is that... Oh, the Westworld guy. Yeah, Westworld, Westworld guy. Westworld yeah. <laughs> um, let's see who else is on this list of no. Oh, Lenny Kravitz, Leonard of Kravitz. <laughs> Played Cinna, the fashion designer that we mentioned before that gets beat up. And I guess Willow Shields is Primrose. That was the top listed cast so that's pretty much and then you, uh, uh, the other there's that one other like real main character of Finnick a new character oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam Sam Claffin just cause I, you know I mean I don't really recognize him from anything uh, I know so that was also a role that they like some younger actors were sought after but they ended up with Sam Claffin and uh, I mean he just becomes obviously integral to this Catching Fire story and of course, the yeah, and the the main guy we're here to talk about, kind of, is 
Phil Summer Hoffman as Plutarch Heavensby, the new game designer. Who was the name of the old game designer? He had another Roman name. Seneca Crane. Yes, Seneca Crane. I liked his name, and he had a cool beard. And just recap, if you haven't seen uh, the first Hunger Games, he ends up having to... It's like a forced suicide after the quote-unquote debacle of Katniss winning. Because I guess I guess I didn't mention this, like Katniss and Pita winning kind of sparks like a revolution in... A, a small seeds of revolution in the outer districts, we'll put it that way. So it, it wasn't a very popular thing. Uh, President Snow didn't like it, we'll put it that way. So let, let's let's dive into this one then. Shall I read the synopsis? Yeah. Okay. Although for catching Katniss, fire. Yeah, for catching fire. Although Katniss and Peta survived the 74th Hunger Games, they've been under the watchful eye of President Snow. Other districts have adopted Katniss's Mockingjay sigil that suggests an uprising is near. The president, along with the new head game maker, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, have decided to celebrate the 75th Hunger Games with past winners back in the bloody arena. But not all is as it seems to be. (laughs) By the way, you know what's been in my head since watching these films? Like, you know, I guess it's part of the score... Or it's like the Mockingjay, like, bird sound, and then, like, I can't... Yeah, and then, like, the whistle. <laughs> That's been in my head for days. Regardless. Philip Seymour Hoffman here. Um, Kyle, I guess you can comment on this. Wasn't it... Was it weird seeing him in this kind of universe, or was it... Like, oh, what was your take in just seeing him here? I mean, obviously, I think he does a great job, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously, everything he's in, I, I just, I welcome his presence, and that's the thing. He just has this presence. I mean, he's, you know, like, clean cut in this movie. He still is, you know, at this point in his career, he's definitely, he- you know, heavy set, but he just has, you know, he's a very burly, you know, figure and takes up gravitas. Ooh, yes, yeah, gravitas. Yeah, well, that's gravitas. definitely through, yeah, just his uh, delivery and just, yeah, it has that gravitas. And, I mean, so that's great when you have him going up in a scene pretty much, you know, his scenes are pretty much with Donald Sutherland. He has, we meet him uh, talking to Katniss, and there's that little, you know, and then there's obviously the ending to the movie, but most of his time is spent with Donald Sutherland as President Snow and trying to figure out how to uh, handle the Katniss and the possible uprising situation in the all the districts, and I mean, does it also say? I mean, I mean, so we said like District One, they it's uh, you know they live a, a higher life and they train. Does it? Do you think that every district, the further out, like the more poor it is, like the yeah, right? Is that the is that the general concept? Seems yeah. like it. Okay. So I guess our main characters live in the port. You know, so it's just like, I mean, that's then them being in the capital and her just, you know, I mean, so so anyway, I mean, that's just a long-winded answer. I, I, I like, I really enjoyed him being in this movie. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, gravitas for sure, but it's also, this is a weird world, right? Like, this is like, you know, weirdo beards and crazy hair and stuff like that <laughs> and he he lives in the capital he's from the capital i assume but i mean with a name like that i'm sure but he doesn't like he brings a, a sense of reality and professionalism into this film 
where it, like it, I don't feel like it doesn't feel like I know it's not in space, but it doesn't feel like a space opera or something like that. He just feels like like he's there because he's good at his job, both as an actor but also the character as well. Okay, okay so I mean, with I mean, well, we're we're talking about we don't have to go in order, but uh, of like scenes, but just did you feel? I mean, again, so I had seen like parts. I knew, I knew, I knew the ending of the series, so I guess it was spoiled for me. But just the way, like, the dialogue that he shares with Jennifer Lawrence, with Katniss, when they're like having their dance, I just felt like right away it like wasn't a big surprise, like because it's kind of meant to be like a surprise that he like leaves and like when uh, when President Snow is calling his name at the end and he's gone off and you know there's been this whole plot to. Save Katniss to start an uprising or to start a new civil war. I guess. Like, what did you guys think of that initial meeting between those between Katniss and Plutarch? Um, I mean, it definitely. I also, at least for this viewing, knew, you know, where his character arc goes. Um, but I, like, you definitely sense that like there's something else going on, like this. I, and I think also his character as a game designer or whatever, like that his every every word that comes out of his mouth is very purposeful and very designed in a way to evoke some sort of response from whomever he's speaking to. Um, so like I, I definitely get the sense that like, oh, there's something else going on here, but you can't quite put a finger on it yet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I wasn't like... I mean, I kind of knew where it was going, but for me, it wasn't so much like, oh, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely on Katniss's team. It was more, I was thinking, well, whose side is he really on? And I I don't know the ending. Like, he could betray Katniss in the end. Everyone who's seen The Hunger Games is probably laughing at me. But, (laughs) but like, like to me, like, I don't know, like, what side he's on. It's almost like, like, how they try to betray the characters in in Game of Thrones, where it's... Sometimes they could be good, sometimes they could be, they could be bad. Because then he has the whole... My my thing, what, what I was thinking was, all right, what's his end game here? Like, I didn't know there was going to be a whole revolution at the end. I was like, who's going to... I thought Pita was going to die, because I'm like, somebody has to win this Hunger Game. I don't, they're not going to end it the same way. That would be a very bad book and a very bad movie. <laughs> so, so, I'm like, so I figured, like, I thought Katniss was going to win. And I'm like, if he's really on her side, why is he setting up like all these things to kill her but obviously we find out like why and stuff like that so Kyle to answer your question it was more I I was just yes I I did I it wasn't shocked but it was more like oh okay so he is on her side rather than being like I didn't see this coming yeah yeah, there's a little bit. It had like the, I loved their dance had like a little bit of a uh Bruce Wayne, Selena Kyle from The Dark Knight Rises, like, vibe to it. Just, you know, the opulence, because they were just around, like, the opulence and the people saying, like, oh, drink this so we can eat more and all that kind of vibe. But yeah, like, at the same time, he could have been trying to get something out of Katniss so he could understand where she's coming from much more and, you know, relaying it back to President Snow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Did you... Is it was he a previous game designer? Is that how he got this job? Because it, 
I, I think they mentioned that once or something like that. Or Well, according to his character entry on Wikipedia, he's the new head game maker following the death of Seneca Crane. He's actually one of the judges who falls into a punch bowl when Katniss shoots an apple during her scoring in the first book. So in the first book slash movie... Um, before the games, they like evaluate each of the tributes and give them like a certain ranking. I don't know for betting reasons. I'm not sure exactly, but um, the people who are observing her kind of have totally written her off, and they're not really paying attention. So she, um, and instead, they're paying attention to a, a whole roast pig that they've brought into their viewing room, <laughs> and it has like an apple in its mouth, and she shoots mm, an arrow. Try and hits the apple and it gets pinned to the to the wall behind them and i guess in a bo- in the book one of the people in that room falls into a punch bowl kind of in shock and that is plutarch heaven's beast so he was already a wow. part of the machine must have been a big um, punch that bowl. gets promoted to <laughs> head game maker wow okay. and she does i mean that makes sense yeah, and she does a badass thing, and like when they do it this time in the movie, and she just like makes a noose and holds up and paints on like a test dummy. The na- I, I, again, what is what is it? The Seneca Crane. Thank you. Yeah, it just like kind of does his facial hair, and I forget exactly what she writes on it, but pretty much says like you know how she she totally got him killed. Like you know, don't fuck up. Like total th- threatening. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, for the most part. And this time, uh, one of the other characters points out that they're actually behind a force field. So, in between the last time they did this, and this time, to prevent any other sort of mishaps, they've actually installed a, a force field between them. She's cha- yeah, she's changing a lot of things in this world, and she's she she's she's our Luke Skywalker. She's our reluctant hero. Still, she's already she's already. That's the interesting thing to me. Like, she's already. Uh, you know, like, been in the first Hunger Games and she's already been heroic, uh, but now, like, we start off this movie and she's having PTSD while, like, hunting and it's just, uh, like, uh, like, it's not, you know, like, you're not like, oh, why is she, uh, oh, she's sad killing other kids? Like, you know, it makes sense. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, like, but it's, you know, but she's like, I don't want to be a symbol. She just wants to kind of run off with Gail and her mom and her sister and, like, hi- you know, be off the grid of the districts and just go ahead and, like, kind of, like, live life. Yeah, I mean, I I really like her character. She's a she's a great character. Um, it's definitely like like refreshing to see a character like this. But I don't know. Um, and this isn't nothing against her. This film compared to the first one, like I, it's so much bigger that. Well, I st- well, I still liked it. It's so much. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm trying to think of like what I'm trying to say here, but she's great. I'll leave it at that. Um. Well, as 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 Plutarch says to her, if you abandon moral judgment, it can be fun. So let's just abandon our uh, moral judgment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she. Um, it's great to see. Like, I get why all these characters are pissed. I mean, okay, so we alluded to it. This is the seventy-fifth one. What do they call it? The quarter, 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 quarter quell, quarter the third, quell, yes. quarter quell, quell. Yes. So it has to be special. It has to be big. Um, it, it, it does remind me of like very reality show stuff here. And, yes, and the all stars. <laughs> yes, the all star. Weren't Kyle? Side note: Weren't you a fan of a Survivor All Stars as a kid? Yes, that was. Uh, was I forget the guy what you really season. Was, I for, Rupert. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, didn't I we know. talk about this about this on another episode? I feel probably, like it came up probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. So it's this all-star match, and I think in the other Hunger Games, again, I've only seen one. Um, that wasn't the seventy-fifth, but I think in the other Hunger Games, everyone's like, except for like those District One and Two. There's like just the shock of being there, and then the survival. This is this is like such the professional games. I was actually kind of surprised that all the people selected were still in like good shape. Not all of them, because there's that old lady and stuff. But like she was still probably in good shape for an old lady. Um, I would have. I I could imagine. Look, this I'll put it myself in these shoes. If I somehow <laughs> somehow won the Hunger Games, and I didn't think and i thought i was taken care of and i didn't think i would have to hunger game it up again i, I am maybe not to, again i wish i could be a revolutionary maybe i would be that but if i wasn't going to be a revolutionary <laughs> i probably would like eat all that great capital food i'm not sure if i would vomit Hell it yeah. and i would just party it up and i would probably be eating yeah. and drinking and having a good time and i don't like know if i would be in shape for a randomly called hunger games despite that training thing you know you didn't yeah. see anyone with like a gut like or just I, i'd be well, i'd be this i'd be the same way but i don't think that someone with like with our with our shared disposition on like what we would do would be the people to win the Hunger Games anyway. <laughs> That's fair. Fair point. Um, I think to a certain extent there you do see like Hamish is a hey, raging Mitch. alcoholic. Oh, true. Um, I didn't one think of about the, that. the girl that the older woman volunteers for is clearly like just uh, an emotional wreck. Yeah, she's just straight up broken. Two of the returning tributes um, the ones that are really good at uh, camouflage, and that's how they survive. They're drug addicts. So, like, it, it's... And, I mean, you know... And the other um, ones are psychopaths that want to just keep killing. Like, right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and panic attacks and nightmares, like, burn a lot of calories. So That's good. I that's like, yeah. Heavy you know what I mean? Like, there's... Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a certain amount of, like... Because... Um, PTSD like puts your body in this state of like thinking that it's constantly being re-traumatized and so like to a certain extent like your body is still kind of like re- ready at all times for like the next time something is trying to kill you um but like not everyone in this pool of people is necessarily like in the kind of shape to win the Hunger Games if you know what I mean. So is that like a new diet, PTSD? I personally do not recommend hypervigilance as a diet plan. It's not fun. <laughs> no, I, I can't imagine it would be. So, so okay, you kind of sold me, though, on like these people's emotional states. And Kyle, not everyone wins by being a kick-ass like, killer. Mm-hmm. Some people win yeah, by no, like, hiding. No, some people... From yeah, hiding. They, and- have, they have their wit, and they have like their... Like the one guy... Our, uh, one guy electrocute, right? Guy. Yeah, electrocutes, but like it's kind of silly. Like, so he won like his Hunger Games. That's the uh, uh, wait. Why am I blanking on his name? We just said him. Jeffrey Wright's character. B B. What is it? B T B tree. B T B V. Something like that. I don't know. So, but it's just kind of funny that like so he won his Hunger Games by electrocuting a lot of the like the last like i don't know five to eight people alive in this movie he's just like so we're gonna electrocute people like it's <laughs> just like the 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 weakness like 
that's where I mean it happens. It happens in these kind of movies with when a bunch of people have to get killed off. Like we get our little moments that they at the end of the day we see what faces and we're just like, oh okay, that person's and the smart people are just like, okay, eight people have died, so that means that there's sixteen people left. All that. I mean, in recent movies like the the newer Aliens, like I don't like them as much because you just have these sprawling casts and you forget who dies and you're not as attached to them. But like in this movie, they they show there's that one like black woman that's uh, like uh, what am I trying to say like made her teeth into sharp edges so she can bite it like a neck and I'm like ooh we're gonna get like a biting like of the neck and really violent and all of a sudden like I don't even recall seeing her die in this movie yeah like, I don't either yeah and then like, like the two the brother and sister the yes. brother and sister that are <laughs> badass well i said i said that to brian one time that like when i like i understand who these movies are for and that like and or the books are for and then obviously from the books these are you know like tend to be for like the you know like uh what 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 is that called i i i, I said tweens but you said a better what's the demographic what's that called young adult yeah young adult oh. novels thank you uh so you know, you just hear the idea of, like, kids, you know, like a battle royale, but, like, kids fighting to the death. I'm like, oh, this movie, could, you know, it could, it, point being, a movie like this could go in a total di- different direction as far as, you know, obviously it could be R, given th- what kind of, given the plot and what, you know, what happens in the movie. Maybe maybe the first director would have wanted more of that, but I think they wanted to take, the, especially this one, and I'm sure the next one's into more of a... Uh, franchise direction rather than a gritty direction but before i before i forget i want to mention because we keep asking like what every district is known for and i'll go through it quick district one it, they make luxury goods for the capital district two is masonry and the manufacturing of weapons district three is Electronics. I guess that's where uh, those people come from. District four. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright's from. Yeah, District four is fishing. Okay. <laughs> district f- District five. <laughs> district five is energy and power. District six is transportation. How do you make transportation? I guess they make like. Oh, you could like make buses and trains. And okay, like the, the heavy. Train, yeah. yeah. Okay. I see. Seems like trains are the you know the go-to. True. True. Districts obviously. District 7 is uh, Lumber. That's Joanna's district, I think. Yeah, because she has the axe. District she's the axe. And she's the tree. Oh, yes, she is a tree. I want to get it. <laughs> um, district 8 is Textiles. District 9 is Grain. In South Africa and Aliens, right? What? That's the, it's a joke. It's a movie called District 9. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I like that movie. I had moved on to 10, so that's why I was confused. Yes. District 9 is Grain. District 10 is Livestock. District 11, agriculture. District 12, as we know, coal. And District 13, I'm not supposed to know yet. What? what? Wait, wait, wait. But what's, okay. what's, what's like Rue's district? That's what I was just going to say. What's like the district that seems to be pretty much all black people? So like that it's I very think segreg- is District 11. Um, okay. And in the first movie, after Rue dies, there's actually, you see a riot there. Yeah, there's a, yeah. That segment, fun yeah. fact, actually directed by second unit director, none other than Mr. Steven Soderbergh. So, a little cinematic connection there. Yeah, oh, really? Wild. Yeah, what? second unit director. That's crazy. They should have. They, they should have. They should have the covered that for cinemakers. Maybe <laughs> yeah. they will. Um, so, 
Oh my god, I did yeah, not Yeah, so that. you see the riot happen <laughs> there in District 11, which I'm assuming is probably like the Deep South, um, or like the analog in to, in our yeah. United yeah. States would be the Deep South. Um, and then, so in this movie, Catching Fire, once they go through that district on the train and they stop there to uh, make a speech, you see that that district has now been like heavily militarized. Like, there's Humvees all along the train tracks. There's troops everywhere. And it wasn't like that before in the first movie. So you you see the the kind of um, reaction to that reaction is like a heavily militarized presence. Yeah, I mean, that's like... that's one of the scenes I enjoyed more in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not that I enjoyed what was happening, obviously, but but uh, it, it's it was especially from watching the first one. It was cool to see like that reaction and that that again the revolution is coming, which is mm-hmm. it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, because it it like it is this slow build over the course of the first two movies, and I think they they execute that really well. I, I just went on to IMDb to try to see if there was like a connection between the first director Gary Ross and Steve Soderbergh, but I don't see one that at least like rings a bell to me. But Brian, I just know you would enjoy his uh, uh, writing credits. It's Big Mr. Baseball, <laughs> uh, Pleasantville, nice. Sea Biscuit. Oh, <laughs> nice. So yeah, <laughs> to- Toby McGuire guy, this guy, like <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. That's funny. Um, Okay, so I mean, is there any? I mean, obviously, there's plenty of scenes you want to talk about, but what are the scenes we might want to talk about? Well, do we? I kind of, I, we, I mean, we talked about, and I mentioned that that first scene with uh, Plutarch and Katniss. Do we want to? Do we want to play that clip, maybe? Or oh yeah, we kind of talked about it, but let's play the clip anyway. So how do you like the party? It's a little overwhelming. It's appalling. Still, if you abandon your moral judgment, it can be fun. So, are you having fun? I'm the head game maker. Fun is my job. But that was what happened to Seneca Crane. Too much fun. Seneca decided to quit breathing. Decided. Is that her poison berries? Being head game maker has never been the most secure job in the world. Then why are you here? Same reason as you. I volunteered. Why? Ambition. A chance to make the games mean something. The games don't mean anything. They only mean to scare us. Maybe it was you who inspired me to come back. Ah. The presidential welcome. I'm sure we'll meet again. Katniss, come. The president awaits. Plutarch is introduced to us, and he asks Katniss to, you know, have this dance. And as I said before, he has that great line of, uh, "If you abandon moral judgment, it can be fun." But and so he does seem kind of against this extravagance that of the capital. But we don't know his true allegiances. So I mean, it's a it's def it's a fun role for him to play. I I I mean, we know that he uh, that. Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, like, uh, you know, like has kids, so maybe he was also thinking on making a movie that they'll get to. I think they were still young, but a movie they could see someday. You know, I think it's just kind of just like a, a fun role to take. You know, he was just a guy that liked to take different roles, and so. 
Has he done any sort of like speculative fiction, sci-fi stuff the, before this? So no. I mean, you know, no. I, I mean, so. this is like not sci-fi. Again, like so Mission Impossible is his only other big okay. like Mission Impossible and then back on the day Twister are his compared oh, yeah. to this or his next Yes, big, I, I like, suppose Twister's like weather sci-fi, but I, I don't weather know. Weather sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know if it's in this uh, realm. Um so there are two there's a couple like theories about why he did Hunger Games. Like some are just like pure speculation on terms like the most negative ones I've heard are like he was deep in his heroin habit. And wanted money. And yeah, I mean, we had heard from like even people who knew him that he was always resistant to taking these big money films. And so it is weird that he would take it. Um, but again, he does a good job. It doesn't seem like he's mailing it in. Um, Jeffrey Wright, though, who was a friend of his from theater, and again, they were in Ides of March together, said that when they both got these roles, neither of them had read the book, but both of them really like did a deep dive and read all the books and were like really uh, curious. And he says that he was, once he had read the book, he was so into the world of it and like how, like the underlying revolutionary themes of it, that he, he started to get really into it. And he was super excited to shoot this film and just finish the entire series. So I don't know why he signed on originally, because it is out of his character from what we've seen before. But he definitely, he definitely, from all accounts took it super seriously like researched and and took his time with the role and i think it shows well jennifer lawrence even was hesitant to take the role for the first film because she was worried it was going to like ruin her indie cred and then she goes on and takes x-men and then right That is a good point. I didn't think that. <laughs> like, I feel like there's even like another. Isn't what, what? What else is she? I feel like I don't know. She's just taken. I, don't know, she, I mean, yeah. She, I mean, she, she's, she's been the in the highest spot. paid woman in Hollywood now. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, yeah, she's been. I don't know. It seemed like for a while. I saw. I mean, it could just be. It's not like I'm reading the articles, but like, it's just like, oh, is she no longer like, you know, like she was the, like the almost like the new America's sweetheart, but then she seemed to be. I don't know. Fall out of the graces of people, but oh like, my I, I want to see that. I want to see. I want to see the Red Sparrow movie. Uh, it it seems interesting. It seems like I mean they've said like oh that would have been a good Black Widow like a you know uh, Marvel movie, but uh, obviously I mean I, I enjoyed her from Winter's Bone and uh, you know she won for what Silver Linings Playbook right that was what she won Best Actress for I think. Yeah, so, man. Amer- American Hustle, but yeah, Hunger Games and uh, and as Mystique in like the I guess three X Men movies now have been her. Uh, blockbuster Ooh, interesting i had not heard of red sparrow before and i just read a synopsis and i'm really looking forward to seeing it sounds cool yeah it looks pretty I cool a ballet movie yeah and she was in she had i actually movie, do mother that i still really need really want to see uh, i haven't seen mother um Aronofsky. one thing that like jennifer lawrence's most jennifer lawrence moment in the, in this film is that like kind of weird uh elevator scene with joanna where she just like takes her tree dress off oh god which apparently they didn't like close they the shot that area real- yeah they like ju- people were like trying to get on the elevator while they were shooting this and she was naked like <laughs> what that makes yeah, me so some- upset because yeah, that's ridiculous your address that way you know it's like it's such a some- vulnerable i'm not okay with that 
<laughs> it was some elevator that they liked in, in like a hotel. Yeah, that was very futuristic looking. I forget what city it was like. I felt like a random city that I'm somewhere in Georgia. Have. Yeah, but why? That's so. That's like ridiculous. Oh my god! I know, right? <laughs> well, that anyway. The the face that Jennifer Lawrence has when like she turns around and like whatever is not a Katniss face. That is like a, <laughs> no. It is a yeah. That is a classic, like, Jennifer Lawrence face. <laughs> Which I'm, yeah, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Was this scene in the book, though? The elevator scene? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if it wasn't in the book and they, like, shoehorned in there, then I would be so much more upset about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. That, no, that, that's because, like, you... Completely exactly. unnecessary. Took, took the words out of my mouth, you know? Because <laughs> if... It, if that's not in the book and they just put it there and then they did the whole, now that I know that whole thing with the elevator thing, then it's like, what is going on? Well, um, what, what is, I mean, in your opinion, what is the, Jenna Malone's character, what is she trying to do there with now knowing that she was one of the, I mean, you know, we learn in the end X amount of people that were participating in these Hunger mm-hmm. Games were in on the idea of like, we gotta save Katniss and get her out so we can start this like rebel like i guess the only yeah. people you were the those last people like the real like beefy people that were like you know wanting to kill you know the brother and sister that die and then uh sharp tooth woman and that one other like jer- jacked guy well i don't know like at what point those people were recruited to help oh, so recru- i don't know if okay. this was like before or after she was recruited because to me mm-hmm. that scene reads as like her just trying to intimidate them okay you know, just showing them, like, I'm fearless, I don't give a fuck, you know? And she doesn't uh, towards, like, anybody. She's very, like, for that world, outspoken and, like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, looking up at cameras and saying stuff about snow. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, she's the only yeah. one who's like, um, excuse me, like, I thought, like, you know, th- like, we did this thing, we won, we're supposed to be safe now, and now you're, you know, pulling the rug out from under us, like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so on like a story level, Kyle, my theory on that scene, I think it's I, like, yeah, the only thing it could be intimidation. But if she does know at that point, it's clearly to f- try to forward this Peta Katniss thing, you know, like, oh, is okay. he going to, I see. Is, yeah. is he going to be into Joanne? Like, I'm not saying that's good writing. I'm saying it's, it's like, oh, did you see like Katniss was yeah. like, a little jealous in that scene or like, I don't trust her. But like, you know, that's that, if, it, okay. if that's the case, that's a little weak, but that's, I think, yeah. you know, cause but he's yeah, like, at that point, maybe she wasn't totally recruited yet. I don't know. Uh, again, with Peter, like if he dies or if he died at any point, like I feel bad for Katniss if Katniss feels bad, but I, I don't really care. Like I'll be honest, like he, <laughs> like he, he, yeah, he's really strong. He can make a good loaf of bread, but besides that, <laughs> she, 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 any are it was he? Are they supposed to play him like that? The other guy, like the Hemsworth guy, is like the, like. A hot one, and he's like the dork who's like you know, like that know. that that trope who's like. I find his character really interesting because something that I pick up on a lot in oh I don't know like the vast majority of movies is that uh, women characters are very often used as a plot device. Like they're not really fleshed out as human beings. They don't have, you know, 
inner lives of their own. They're really just there to kind of move the plot forward. And I kind of feel that way about PETA in this series. That like, oh yeah, yeah. Technically, that's a good, he's that's a main a really character, yeah. but he's just a plot device, you know. And well, it, g- it's just like yeah. a little weak for me. Yeah, no, that's really that's definitely interesting as far as you know, like the the gender like reversals, like you just said. But I, I mean, I don't know if that was like a choice or if that just happens in like I'm now now you're having me think towards other strong like I guess one could kind of argue that for the uh role of Chris Pine and Wonder Woman you know mm-hmm. like I mean he has a little bit more I than PETA I think knowing like the stuff that happens in this series and then knowing what like what happens in Wonder Woman but I wonder if that's just what happens when you flip the je- like who who is the lead in the movie or if that was yeah. just like what happened well, to me, it's like two wrongs don't make a right. Like, the, it, but it's like a good um, education for people who don't normally see that in like the the, the women characters. Yes, like, yeah. You know, it, it's like it's a good teaching lesson, but it's still like, yeah, he's just fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if some if so, if someone says like, oh, and Peter wasn't fleshed out at all, it's like, okay, we'll watch plenty of other movies. <laughs> Like, like that would yeah. be yeah like that no that would be like a perfect like like for an ignorant like reviewer or whatever yeah watch literally any other movie <laughs> yeah and you'll see it happen to a woman um the, but and speaking of that I don't did we mention that this is like the highest grossing this particular film as well like it's the highest grossing like female I guess led film since the sound of music adjusted yeah something I've, yeah something we, we, like crazy like that right and then yeah yeah there uh, oh there had oh no, no it was there hadn't this was the number one movie of the year and there hadn't been a number one movie of the year uh that was led prim- primarily by a female since the sound of music which is crazy yeah it's like and sound of music is like 1964 nah, i don't know eight i don't know something like that and 2017 for all of its faults had the three top grossing films were led by women Yes. So that's cool. So, I mean, one could say that this, you know, ushered in an era of that. I don't know if Perhaps. everyone would say that, but but one in the history book could point at this And film. not just that. Um, I don't know if this is something that you guys noticed, but, um, it, like, in addition to women being used as plot devices in film... Um, sexual assault is very often also used as a plot device for how a woman uh, experiences a a transformation or like becomes like a stronger person or whatever. She experiences this trauma and then, you know, this causes her to rise from the ashes or some bullshit like that. And then these movies, you see a woman experience trauma over and over and over again, and she doesn't even get raped once. How about that? Which is That's yes, that weirdly is weirdly exciting. <laughs> no, it's not. And we we've actually Kyle have been talking about this a lot because we've been seeing it a lot uh, recently. Because yeah, it's used. It's I mean, and don't get me wrong, sexual assault and rape are extremely common. So like, it's not surprising to me that it winds up in um, on screen a lot. But the way that it's used as a plot device and not as like something that should be taken seriously, um, it just it bothers me a lot yeah we we actually were were citing our your previous episode as like the first time and and it's not a rape in that film but it's when uh i don't remember in patch adams uh the the girl's name when she just stupidly murdered by that guy 
Yeah. It was just horribly like I mean just I mean besides besides that just being a bad like just like writing. Just talk about bad writing. <laughs> yeah, talk about bad writing, but then on top of it just shot hor like executed in every way. It was executed horribly. And then on top of it, it's just like a very cliche thing to happen. But I mean, we talked about that with Joanna on the Jacko's Boating uh, episode. We talked about that with Ides of March. Uh, you know, it's just been, there's been these films lately. Yeah, I Not mean. lately, just throughout the well, entire history of film. No, yes, no, I'm yes, just saying yes, lately. But on our your podcast. podcast lately. Yeah. Yeah, lately. Yeah, I'm saying lately on our podcast, yes. Yeah, especially like especially lately. I think they've like occurred throughout and maybe we're like more aware now, but again, especially lately. Um Yeah. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And like because I have been watching movies my whole life and like didn't really notice this until a couple of years ago and now every time I watch something I'm like, "What the fuck? Again? Seriously? Like it's really ridiculous." Oh yeah, no. I mean, and and and, but you're right. Like, there's none of that here. Yes, there's violence, but it never feels like there's purposeful violence against women. If that makes sense, like Mm -hmm. Jennifer Lawrence is obviously a woman, but like, there's not. It's not gendered violence. Yeah, I I guess the closest you get to is like just the awkwardness between that the meeting of Snow and her in the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. and since she's still not like sure you know she's not like i am taking the lead you know like i don't know t- like has decided her role in this world of obviously being a uh you know starting the civil war uprising whatever you want to call it so there's a bit of like and just even the flower that like he leaves there there's a bit but you know i mean it doesn't but he's a flower lever we know this now he, <laughs> yes, he just leaves flowers because yes. he's his story yeah and not just the roses like flowers um play a huge role throughout this series like a lot of the character names come from different flora and stuff like that did some deep reading on the flowers in this movie <laughs> it's like adaptation uh, do flowers feature heavily in that i don't think oh I've yeah i've seen it oh yeah well okay. you've never seen Check it oh it boy <laughs> because, yeah, the, because the, what is it the, the, the ghost that's like the main the... yeah but that's the main uh what's it called a either charlie kaufman or donald kaufman says like has there ever really been a movie written about flowers <laughs> like that's, that's like a huge line in the film. Um, so, what other uh, Hoffman stuff do you want to discuss? I guess Plutarch things before we before we get to our big ending. Um, unless unless I mean, it just, is the big ending. <laughs> no, I mean, so like, just I mean, so him and Snow. So Snow really wants you know just Katniss Katniss to be killed. But so again, this is like the moment you're just like, oh, so I don't think he's totally like Plutarch is totally on the president's side, and but then they kind of come up like they want to destroy her image, like that's more his idea, like you know, cause some fear, but also destroy her image, so and show her as like you know, I guess living the high life at this point, and then just loving killing people in the Hunger Games, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they come up, what is it called? It's called like a wrinkle, and that's what they come up with, you know. Uh, that's where they come up with the idea for this 75th anniversary that has all these two you know two people from and it's really interesting so in like I don't they don't show the other districts when they're except for maybe the one where the old lady and uh and that Finnick come from but 
in 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 district 12 the only three winners have been so it's like katniss that's i think that's like an important thing to mention katniss is the only woman option from district 12 Mm -hmm. you have because hamich actually gets picked first and then Peta volunteers for him yeah which which is it would have been the opposite right like he was said he was going to go if Peta was picked because after you you can't you know like fall i guess you could have volunteered first though that's what i don't understand maybe that's not allowed because he's remember she cuts the deal with him like he would he would volunteer if Peta's picked and then Mm-mm. he's picked so Peta volunteers but why couldn't he just volunteer before the process unless they just don't allow that I, i'm assuming they just I don't, don't think, allow yeah, that yeah they don't allow that i, I get that's what i assume i don't know the... there must <laughs> what what's kind of like convenient is how there's like two living members at least of each gender in every region like i mean i know from sports there are teams that haven't won the super bowl or the world series in 75 years <laughs> i'm surprised yeah, that's that, a good point that every yeah every district has had at least one winner of either male or female gender yeah you you would think district one would be like just have this totally you know I mean, I would, I'd be disappointed if I'm District 1 if I hadn't rattled off, like, 10, 20 Hunger Games championships because, I mean, they practice for this, and it seems, like, evenly distributed. But whatever, again, nitpicking, nitpicking. I made a non-exhaustive list of ways to die in the Hunger Games if you need a reminder. <laughs> Please. Okay, so you can die of dehydration, from mm-hmm. hypothermia, from drowning, infection, okay. uh, poison fog. In the first movie, there are hornets that, like, sting you to death. Yeah. Um, you can get eaten, you can get murdered in all sorts of ways, stabbed, hit by an arrow, get an axe to the face. Uh, you can get blown up, you can get electrocuted, you can fall and hit your head and or break your neck, uh, poison berries from the first movie, and then there's always death by capital guards. So if so, you were in the Hunger Games, how would you die? I, I think mostly... I, I would try the whole like keep to the outer perimeter. I think it would be one of those elements that. Kyle, that wasn't me. the question. It wasn't what? how would you survive. <laughs> no, it's yeah. That's what. No, I'm not saying that's. I would try. That's how I would be trying to survive. So it'd be like an outer element, and then I'd be taking a nap, and poison gas would get me or something like that. I think. Mm. Uh, that's how you would die in the Hunger Games. Probably. Oh, yeah. I would sprain my ankle in the first minute and a half, and then either die of dehydration or murder. So that sounds viable. <laughs> so Brian, how how would how would you how would you go? How would I? Go? Well, I, I mean, most let's be honest. Again, most of us are just going to die in this initial scrum. I mean, let's. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like just trying to run away and someone throws a spear at me before, yeah, or whatever. Um, like in this case, you had to be good at running on stones away from the cornucopia, or swimming, or something like that. Major Madge, or whatever her name was, like her death was. I feel like that smoke was created so she could die peacefully in this film, and it w- it wasn't like, mm. you know, crazy. And I guess that's like the easiest way to die. But no, I mean, look, I, I if I'm in it and I'm playing the game, I get competitive with games. I'll probably die from a, a fight that I I won't win. You know, <laughs> like it's just like that's that's just me. I, like I'm a competitive guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play to win. Or, Good for you. Yeah, but I you think don't. The but, three but, of us are the only but, one but, who actually gets but, the Hunger Games part. But, but play, <laughs> play, play, play to win doesn't always mean like just like sheer like I'm gonna physically go after my way like our uh, Jeffrey Wright character. No, was no, you're like, you're right. 
Actually, you know, you're right. I, like, if we're going to talk about how would we try to survive, then I would try to. Like, you're a sch- you're a schemer. You're a little finger. I know you. Like, you're definitely. <laughs> I would, would before beforehand you would so that's a whole we're not we didn't take this into consideration I know exactly or not exactly what you do but the whole scheming and alliances beforehand you would be king of the like manipulation <laughs> oh of course matter. of course I'll put it this way if I'm winning the Hunger Games I would have won the Hunger Games before that shit even started <laughs> yeah okay me, I'd be like I don't like the way that guy looked at me I don't want to be friends with him fuck him and then he would kill me like that would be. <laughs> I would seriously like, yeah, no, that would be my that would be my my game. I, it would just it would be playing politics at the beginning, and hopefully all the chips fall where they may. But it, it's 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 hard because you could make an alliance and all your whole team could die in that initial scrum, like so. Mm-hmm. so you that have- or obviously still towards the end, and that's like there's like that back and forth towards the end. Like they have these teammates, but then all of a sudden like they're nervous, and she and P- she wants to go off with Peta, but then she's supposed to go off with. I think Joanna or something like that, right? And then they're nervous towards the end because if they kill all those people, one of them then has to kill somebody else. And you know, I would, I so. would. So to answer your question, I would probably end up dying by someone like the equivalent of like fragging, like you know, like my <laughs> my teammates would realize the ruse I had, like the the <laughs> the resentment that I was like sowing between them. And yeah. then, so little, so they little would, fingers. You mean to say that yeah. they would remember who the real enemy is? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, spoiler because, because no, because I don't like killing. I, I'm not a violent person, so I would definitely have like have other people do the bidding for me, you know, mm-hmm. and, until yeah. like there gets to a point. You know, you know, that's how I would play the game. Okay, <laughs> I'll just put it that way. <laughs> So, um, are there any clips from that last scene, though, when he's all talking in in the ship? Well, he says, uh, the mission was always you. Yeah, the mission was always, yeah. The mission was always you. I'm, I'm sure we could find that. Let's play that, because that's like our big ending. Sure. The big reveal ending. Where's Peter? Candace, you have been our mission from the beginning. The plan was always to get you out. Half the tributes were in on it. This is the revolution. And you are the Mockingjay. And we're on our way to District 13 right now. 13? 13, yes. Where's Peter? He still has his tracker in his arm. Joanna cut yours out. Where is he? In the capital. They got him and Joanna. You son of a You promised me that you would take him over me. You promised me. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're... So yeah, I mean, this movie ends. Uh, interestingly, like you said, the ship kind of rescues all. There's almost all the survivors. Yeah, Peta and Joanna have been captured, and they're in the capital. Yes, and from promo photos I've seen of the third film, they seem to be have cleaned up. The Capitals clean them up, but I don't want to know. Don't tell me. But so they, they're. It seems yes. I'm pretty sure it is propaganda. But but uh, yeah. I mean, he was a good guy all along. I guess the very opening shot of the movie is actually filmed in my hometown of Ringwood, New Jersey. Um, oh, I forgot they filmed it up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's like looking out over Ramapo Lake. 
Oh, oh, I totally. I, I didn't know that. I, yeah. Alma mater. Yeah, yeah, this movie was 2013. Yeah, I. Yeah, that. Break, that totally. I remember people. Like, I mean, it makes no that. sense that they shot there because the rest of the movie was shot in Georgia and Hawaii. So, like, I don't understand why they were like in New Jersey for a few days, but they were. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I, Kyle, I remember we talked about this at the time. Now that it's brought up, and apparently they wanted like different trees. But mm-hmm. that still doesn't make sense. We do have lovely trees in northern New Jersey. It's true, and the actually, foliage is always. If you ever get a chance, that hike um, on Ramapo Mountain is beautiful. It's really I've done, good. Yeah, I've, I've I've done it, and it's quite quite lovely. And you get to see the New York skyline, the Big Apple. Mm-hmm. So. And there's this weird old burned out mansion up there that looks like a castle. Yeah, yeah, it's that's cool. cool. Awesome. So, um, yeah. Another fun New Jersey fact: actresses Lynn Cohen, who played Mags, and Stephanie Lee, Stephanie Lee Schlund, who played one of like the career people, um, they promoted the DVD and Blu-ray releases of the film with an appearance at the March 7th, 2014 midnight release of the product at the Walmart in Secaucus, New Jersey. What? Ah, <laughs> yeah. Secaucus. For some reason, that was in the Wikipedia article. Wait, but... even like the, the, the older lady you're saying? Yeah. She's like an accomplished person. Like she's in stuff. She is. She's amazing. And she never gets speaking parts. Like she literally doesn't speak at all in this movie. No. She was on Sex and the City and she played like a housekeeper. She always gets these really terrible parts, but she's an amazing actress. Kyle, she's in Munich. She plays Golda Meir, the prime minister of Israel, where she does speak. Um, But she, she doesn't need to be at a Walmart. When the DVD comes out, oh, that makes me feel bad. Yeah, isn't that awful? <laughs> that's terrible. That's yeah, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Wow. Not just a Walmart, but a Walmart in Secaucus of all places. <laughs> oh man! Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I now live in Hudson County. Take it easy on Hudson County. No, Hudson County's fine. It's just Secaucus. It's just, it's just if you're it's a junction. <laughs> it, it truly is a junction. <laughs> Um, back to the Hoffman thing. What I was going to say, though, is that he doesn't have, like, now that we talk about it, he doesn't have that many, like, scenes in this film. No, he doesn't. And that's why it's understandable that you were watching that first one and, like, got to the last 10 minutes and went, oh, yeah, he's not in it. So, uh, and I, I, I have not, so Brian, you, you did not continue on, right? Because... We've got some films in between now and then, but I, I haven't seen part one of Mocking Jay. Carrie, you have, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's then he's famously uh, in part two, but then digitized into it because of his death. Well, we'll see. Apparently, they, they've divided scenes up. Like there are scenes that were going to be in one that they put in two. Oh, in- okay, okay. Apparently, but yeah, I can't wait to talk Apparently, about that. Yeah. So we'll yes. see. Well, I think they shot it like all as one movie and then cut it up into two, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I think so. Yeah, I know they so. did. So again, like, so, yeah. so yeah, so they were able to kind of restructure plot stuff to put like mm-hmm. to even out his performances, so it's not weird. Um, but again, I guess uh, we will determine that and see. Um, anything else in this film that's worth mentioning besides sad Walmart stories and? <laughs> and that is sad. No, I mean, no, I just, uh, I, I guess I'll go to the Sea Caucus Walmart for future DVD releases. <laughs> yeah, we have to check, check that hopefully out. Hopefully, meet some amazing actresses that, for some reason, decided to go there. 
Oh man, it makes me so sad. Uh, I guess I guess the one other note I had was I feel like the Hunger Games kind of brought this, like a, a I don't know what the genre is called, but like a, a, a newer like younger yeah, adventure young kind of stuff. Yeah, but genre like a, like sci-fi ish things like because it's that like is a Divergent is one yeah, of divergent, them. Divergent Maze Runner. Those were the two right. I wrote down. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like all those series, so it, it's clearly influential. Yes. Like, twi- I mean, Twilight's part of that, right? I know yeah. it's not sci-fi, but it's definitely like. Well, it's all like under well, the umbrella of speculative fiction, so it's all that kind of like. Okay, so then I guess Twilight stuff. was before this, so. Uh, yeah, so that ruins my theory, but it is. Yeah, no. I'll tell you what. This is probably a genre I have the least experience with watching yeah well like you said i mean we just weren't at that in when did the the first one came out in i think 2011 or 2010 or something like that point you know we were already out of college by then it's not you know we weren't their target audience so definitely why i didn't see it right away um but i kind of regret that because i kind of would have like i wish i saw it so that i could like well i don't know if i regret it because then i wouldn't have the experience i'm having now so Zero regrets. Yeah. I take that I back. I had like written it off as like because the people that I knew that were really into the Hunger Games were people that were like really into Twilight, and I was really not into Twilight. Although to be fair, I I haven't really given it a chance. Maybe it's great. Mm, yeah, you don't but, know yet. <laughs> but I was just kind of like, oh, so that's like also probably pretty stupid. Um, and I didn't no, see it no, for yeah. many years and. It turns out it's actually really fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment because, like, I think that's definitely why I remember the people who were into Hunger Games. You're right, it was the Twilight crowd, like, the books, especially, and stuff. Like, it, yeah. It, it, it felt like, oh, I read the Twilight series. What should I read next? And people would just be like, Hunger Games. So, like, those kind of people. And I don't know, it made a lot of money. So, clearly, not everyone thinks like us, but I feel like we were probably in, in that age where. Like it's like, well, I don't want to do what that person does in terms right. of Twilight stuff, especially popular. <laughs> I, I, I have still never seen like any of the Twilights in full, but I know that. Uh, I mean, Brian, I know we both enjoy him, but Michael Sheen's in it, so I want to give it a chance for him. I do like Michael we Sheen. Like my, we do like. I love what's her face. Uh, the one Keir, who's like uh, in it, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> yeah, her. <laughs> I like her a lot. Only thing I, I liked mean, her in was the the Runaways. Her in like Dakota, she played. Uh, oh Joan yeah, Jett she was it. really good in that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she's really underrated. I think she's poorly cast a lot of times, and I I just I think she's poorly utilized. But she's really pretty, and I like her. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, if that's all we got to say, then that's fine by me. I think we covered this Catching Fire. I bet you Hunger Games fans, if they listen to this, they're going to be like, what? You guys suck. Like, what? what is- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like, like, book readers and stuff. But, like, I think fans of the network, you know, I-, I think we did a good job. So. Yes. I had fun. I had fun discussing a movie guys, that's about children fighting. Did we catch the fighting. fire? We d- wow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Maybe after editing, Kyle. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe after editing. I feel like like we had a a good attempt on catching catching as much fire as we possibly could. Well, this at best, or at the least, I think, was The Last Jedi that we were the spark to start, you know, like the fire to start the rebellion. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see uh, where this goes next. By the way, I, I always mention this. I didn't want to forget it. Um, this is, we, Kyle, we have an equal Rotten Tomatoes ranking, so both the same. Wait, we're to, e- one, totally equal. Wow. I'm well, audience, the numbers. audience and the tomato meter are equal. Mm. 89%. Which, wow. what I see here is the highest rated of the Hunger Games films, but they yes. all they all are in the... Uh, in like a five point margin, and I think that's like a margin of error. Wow. Kind of so, okay. So yeah, I mean, what do we have next week, Kyle? We have God's Pocket, which we're going to have uh, for the last time. Joey and Michael Manzi, the co-creators of the Reason That We Have podcasts, or the network, <laughs> all the podcasts they in the world. Podcasts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they invented podcasts. Yeah. They brought podcasting so, in, into the universe. The gods of our podcast will speak on God's Pocket. Yeah, which is definitely definitely a departure from this film. So, thank you so much, Kara, for uh, coming on. Anything anything cool happening in your podcasting world or uh, what's yeah, thinking? Yeah, uh, we just wrapped uh, a three episode series of Wistful Thinking where we did some movies about uh, w- with a winter sports theme to coincide with the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, Korea. Um, nice. So that was really fun. We talked about The Cutting Edge. We talked about Ice Princess starring Michelle Trachtenberg, where she uses uh, the power of physics and figure skating to overcome class inequality. And then the third uh, episode that we did was about Mighty Ducks. And The Hunger Games actually comes up a few times in that episode. So oh, we'll have to cool. check it out. Definitely check that we'll out. Yeah, check it out. We'll check it out. Hoff fans, check it out. Yeah, and uh, my other podcast, In Sickness and in Health, about chronic illness, disability, healthcare, mortality, the fun stuff, um, that I recently got up and running again. So you can find that at insicknesspod.com. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. We'll definitely check those out. And uh, au revoir, I suppose. Or what what do they say? Is there an ending Hunger Games thing they say? Do they say, like, you've won won the Hunger Games? I'm holding up. I'm holding up. Congratulations, you didn't die. (laughs) Essentially, (laughs) yay, you win. Yeah, we won't be. We won't be getting you a a nice house, though. Sorry, sorry. Kyle, you need to end this podcast before our song playing that like whistle thing, like the yeah. Can you whistle? What? Can you whistle? You're asking. You're asking me if I can personally whistle. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard you whistle. I don't know. I don't know if it's podcast appropriate. I can whistle not very well. Like, okay. One tone. Okay. I can't move mine. <laughs> uh, See. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Kara, we. Uh, I think we. Uh, did we have this? We had to. Yeah. We ha- I think we had. Yeah. So if you could uh, let the Hoffens know to stay uncool. Stay uncool. There we go. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Yes. Good. Brian, do you want to do uh, more uh, of the voice? uh... Effie? No, that's okay. Effie? No, you got your... I kind of... My throat's sore from just trying that one, so...
sexy thing, sexy thing, you. I believe. 